When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Recovery Sort Of is a podcast where we discuss recovery topics from the perspective of people living in long-term recovery. This podcast does not intend to represent the views of any particular group, organization, or fellowship. The attitudes expressed are solely the opinion of its contributors. Be advised, there may be strong language or topics of an adult nature. Welcome back. It's Recovery Sort Of. I'm Jason. I think I'm willing to record today. <laughs> and I'm Billy. I'm a person in long-term recovery. And I'm Jenny. I'm also a person in long-term recovery. Uh, yeah. So continuing our spiritual principle of the month, we're on the third month, which is we decided willingness. Uh, there was also the option of surrender. I saw somewhere, but we went with willingness. And, and now uh, you know, we just did judging and now I'm judging whether this willingness topic is going to work. <laughs> whether it's worth talking about. Yeah, it's it's a hard one to figure out. So, I mean, the, the dictionary definition when you look it up of willingness is consent or readiness to do something, which does not tell me a whole lot, especially from, you know, coming from like a, a therapy standpoint of not knowing what ability we have to consent or be ready to do things at any given point in time. Like, you know, we talk a little bit about this idea of the nervous system or the animal brain kind of running the show sometimes when we get dysregulated. And so I, I really question how often we have willingness. And if willingness is a thing, does that mean that self-will is a thing? And I, I really don't know. When I think of willingness, I don't necessarily think of like wanting to do something or a desire to do something, I think that's different. You know, that, that comes from a different place. Willingness is for me is more like a, a starting point. Like, all right, I maybe, you know, like a maybe, <laughs> you know, like I, we'll see where the, it's just like, you know, we were joking about before this episode, but it's kind of true. Like, I don't know if this is going to make a good episode or not, or whether it's going to be interesting or not, but, but I'm going to show up and do my part and however it goes, it goes. And, you know, maybe it's terrible and I'm okay with that too, you know, and, and that's the willingness part. Like, not like, no, this is going to be a success and it's going to be great. And we, that's the only way I'm going to do it. Hmm. So your willingness is based on the perceived outcome or not based on not the based on the perceived outcome. Right. It's based on I'm just I'm open. I'm, I'm present, aware, huh. you know, and what's your idea of willingness? So thinking about willingness, it's hard to define as a spiritual principle. It's more like a feeling like hmm. like not a spiritual principle. But what does willingness feel like? Like when I think about my early recovery days, like the willingness to get sober, you know, like it wasn't like I was, it didn't seem like a sp spiritual principle. It felt like a feeling. It felt like a trust fall. Like it felt like, all right, well, I'm just, I'm just going to give this a shot. I'm, I'm going to try it, you know, and then, you know, as a starting point. 
So yeah. I, I, the feeling of the trust fall thing, you know, like it's funny because I actually I have like kind of trust issues with people like individual people, but I'll trust a system or a group of people. So I'm like, all right, if this AA system works, I will trust that I'm willing to give this a shot. But if it was like, why don't you do what she does? Like, I don't know, you know, like, but a, a system, like a non-human thing. I'm like, all right. We well, for me as a, a non, a, a person that struggles with a God concept, that's exactly what a higher power is in the case of recovery. It's like, I don't necessarily trust an individual, but I trust the group or the process. Um, and like you said, I was thinking of, you know, willingness is like uh when you said a, a trust fall, it's like a for me, it was like a leap of faith. You know, okay. it was this thing that because I came into recovery kind of a I, I would say more of like a, a rigid agnostic, probably like God doesn't exist. And that's a stupid concept. And people that think that are like weak minded and need to be led. And then when I got in recovery, I'm like, well, I don't know if I'm going to change that much, but I'm 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 open at least humor the idea of God or this God concept and see where it goes, you know, so, and that's where it started. When you got in recovery, you said, Oh, I guess I'm weak minded and need to be led by this program. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was probably the best decision I ever made at the time. So my question, cause both of you kind of had a similar answer as to what willingness was to some extent, uh, at least describing what the experience was like. What created the ability to do that then that didn't exist prior to that? Like when you were quote unquote unwilling, like how was that different? And was it something you did to get there? I think it's hope. Is that something we can qualify? Like I think there was like hope for a good outcome. When recovery literature talks about it almost as the opposite, it's like when we are beaten, we become willing, you know, it's like a point of surrender more than a conscious act of, of like wanting to do something, you know what I mean? It's like being like held down on the ground when all you want to do is get up, but you got five people holding you down. And at some point you go, all right, I'm just not getting up. <laughs> huh. Wow. Those were very different answers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got hope and the beatdown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Forced. <laughs> and, you know, to to some extent, I would say my experience felt maybe a little of both. Yeah. Right? There was this, like, acknowledgement that, like, I don't necessarily want to stop using drugs, but I have tried so many different ways that have failed. This, I, It's hard to say that this is working for me. And then in that moment of, like, fuck this isn't working do i have to give the drugs up there did come a feeling of hope with that i don't know that one was before the other they were almost simultaneous but i guess you kind of sort of answered my question the way i was hoping for it like i don't know that it was anything i did differently in that moment in that moment to get off of drugs or in that moment at any point in time in my life where I have suddenly become willing to do some different behavior or let go of some behavior that wasn't helping. And so I guess to me, spiritual principles are things we can practice and try to hone and get better at. And willingness does not feel like something that I actually have any ability to do anything with. Hmm. And that would be like, I'm really starting to question if willingness is a spiritual principle or if this isn't some shit that they threw in a book somewhere. <laughs> 
that really doesn't hold up in 2022. Yeah, and I've always thought of it as a, a principle, and I'm just analyzing that and theorizing about that a little bit and thinking, you know, the willingness for me came from like a lack of dependence on myself um, mm. when I didn't worry so much about outcomes and how things are going to turn out and is this going to go right for me, like willingness became easier. It was like a result of that way of living. So it was a practice in a sense, but it wasn't like I was specifically practicing willingness. It was a result of practicing some other principles. And then this gave birth to willingness. I feel almost like it was the result of practicing self-will and that not working. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Failing itself. <laughs> right. It was like, okay, my shit ain't working. Let me be willing for some other shit. But I, I don't, that just, that doesn't seem like we actually practice willingness. That sounds like we practiced some bad things or things that didn't work and then ended up at willingness. Oh, I feel like it ties into openness. And maybe that's because it's that honest, open and willing thing we have, you know, that saying we have in AA. But mm -hmm. like, if if you're closed-minded, you're not going to see an outcome that would make you willing. So, you know, like, I feel, you know, I think it's, we have to consider being open-minded. And how that encourages, nurtures willingness. Because it does feel like willingness comes together like from a perfect storm of other qualities. Like willingness doesn't just happen or else we would have stopped drugs and drinking way earlier. You know, um, but it, it, when you get like the perfect storm, I mean that in a good way of like people, resources, presence of mind, then willingness can appear. Do you mean that in a good way? Because I feel like the perfect storm definitely involves some usually a bottom. Like, that's kind of what we talk about a little bit. Well, I mean, maybe in, like, the pressure creates diamonds kind of way. You know, like... That sounds really nice until you realize what that pressure looks like in <laughs> yeah. <that> individual <laughs> life. When you're under that pressure. Right, right. So... I, I guess I'm just thinking, so this is more, uh, you know, uh, not that we've been talking about the steps necessarily with these spiritual principles. We're kind of coming at them from a different angle. But this was more of a step three conversation. And one of the interesting perspectives I had heard from a an older member in a 12-step group at one point was that, like, willingness is also a step six uh, spiritual principle. And they said, you don't have to try to stop acting on character defects. Like, that's not really the goal. If you want to stop acting on a character defect, go all in on the character defect. Act on it on purpose. Then you will create the willingness. And I'm like... How does that a practice of creating a spiritual principle doing quote unquote bad shit? Like, that that's, sounds like <laughs> that's like the old timer who's like, here's 20 bucks. Go get drunk. Like, <laughs> Well, the, I mean, I get the theory, though. Like if we're sitting here talking about willingness and there's no way to really get more willing that we can think of, like maybe there is and we just can't think of it. But like, it's OK, so I'm, I'm in recovery. I've quit the drug use for a time. And now I decide that I should probably stop cheating on my partner. How do I create more willingness to stop that? And I mean, his theory is do it more often. And then you feel more guilt and then you get more willing. And I'm like, yeah, but no. <laughs> like, that's a terrible way to practice a spiritual that sounds principle. sounds very harmful. Yeah. Doesn't it? Like, mm -hmm. But how else would you? If that was your issue, how do you create more willingness? Could you visualize not? the bad deed instead of actually doing it? Just cheat on them in your mind more often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I had a sponsor give me that similar information. Yeah? Yeah. I said, if, if you want to gain the willingness to stop doing something, just do it. Do it more and be aware, you know, feel the feel the feelings, honor the pain and the whatever comes with it. <laughs> well, and, and I think in a therapy standpoint, like I have similar ideas, but it's it's less just keep doing it. And it's more like what would happen if you did that behavior without the self-judgment? Right. Because then, like we talked about in the, the judging episode, like if I stop judging myself about the behavior and telling myself how bad I am, let me just look at the behavior out of curiosity. Like, okay, I do this. Do I really not like doing this? Is there really a problem with doing this? And if there is, what is it about it I don't like? And maybe why do I do it? And what causes me to enact this behavior? Is it because my partner doesn't talk to me? Do we have no emotional connection? Is that why I step out? Maybe I can work on cultivating emotional connect. Like once you take the judgment out of it, there's a ability to look at it from a different lens, but I don't know that that necessarily creates willingness. And how do you create the willingness to stop judging? That's where this whole conversation, <laughs> that's where, <laughs> like all the research on this, anytime, if you try to look up scientific research about willingness, only thing you'll find is economics. It's all about this willingness to pay idea because in epi- economics, they measure like people's willingness to pay for goods and services because that's a huge piece of it. And it apparently does not align with like the willingness to accept goods and services, which is a whole other concept that I'm not going to get into on this <laughs> right. episode. But there's no science of measuring willingness. And I mean, we say self-will doesn't exist like there's no such thing as necessarily willpower. At least for us, we talk about that in our meetings. I don't know if it's true or not, but we say in 12 step, like willpower is not enough. So if that will doesn't work, where does willingness come from? Yeah. Well, I guess the only place I can start is a listen to this lady on YouTube. And I'm not going to promote her because she's like does online therapy. Mm. or therapy concepts mm. i guess online and i haven't listened to enough of them to know like oh this is really good information or not <laughs> but you know I, I listened to her talking about willingness and i guess in her little presentation it was the opposite of willingness it's like willingness is almost like a strategy like we have but a emotional strategy not necessarily just a business strategy and the your i guess not choices but the two the opposite of willingness was avoidance. So you can avoid something or you can, you know, be, have willingness about something. So uh, like the and there was two lists. So like avoidance would be try not to think about it or distract yourself. Willingness would be notice what it feels like and make some space for it. So, you know, just recognizing, honoring what's going on uh, instead of trying to like what I would call justify or rationalize out of it. So like saying, I don't have a problem versus do I have a problem? Yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of like, I mean, that's where I was with drugs. Like everybody kept telling me I had a problem. I'm like, no, I don't. You're the problem. Like, right. Drugs. Yeah. Right. If everybody would just leave me alone, I'd be yeah. fine. But then maybe the willingness is the ability to say, huh? Well, do I? Like, how's this working for me? What's going on in my life? Yeah, or like an honest assessment of the situation, you know? I feel like that's just getting out of denial, though. Is denial the opposite of willingness? No, I mean, for whatever reason, I automatically go, well, honesty is the opposite of denial. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. 
I read willingness is open mindedness in action. But I, it sounded good. But yeah, it then, sounds like, great. I like more that. I thought That's about what I'm it, saying I'm like, from now. <laughs> fuck does that mean? Every time you say open mindedness, now I think about the brain falling out from the last episode. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so open minded, my brain falls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh, so Billy, what you said too. This kind of ties in. So I tried to think about willingness in the Buddhist recovery concept, and to me, willingness ties into wise intention. Mm which is just like it sounds. You kind of set a goal and go after it, you know, a goal based on love and compassion, non-harming. And then the other part of that is detaching from fear, aversion, or craving. And then something you just read there, you know, like letting, stop staying in that, that fear, aversion, craving, letting that go. And then going after what you see is good and wholesome. Wise intention. How do we do that, though? Like, how do you see what you can't see? <laughs> I, I don't I don't know. I'm just thinking of my using, and people saying you, you're a drug addict, and me denying that drugs were the problem. Like, I don't feel like, and, and that's why, you know, when people talk about, like, coming to recovery as, like, a God-given event or, or a universe-given event or whatever, like, I don't feel like I made that decision. I just, I feel like if I could have made it, if it was up to me to make it, I would have been able to make it long before that when I wanted to. And I get it. Willingness is not wantingness, right? They're different. So I wanted to make the decision to not live the way I was living, but I didn't feel like I could be willing to until I was. And I don't feel like I did that. (laughs) Maybe, I mean, and not in that one specific thing, but I think there are areas we can set ourselves up for to be willing to do things or to, to be open-minded for things like it gets back to conditioning like you know i go to meetings and i do recovery stuff because it conditions my brain into spiritual living so if i stop going to meetings and i i don't fill in the space going on in my head with some sort of recovery information you know, slowly but surely, these ideas that using is okay and I'm going to be fine and I can manage it now, like all those things will come back, you know, and, and it's sort of my, at least I believe, my responsibility to keep myself in a good spiritual condition, you know, to find that, like, how do I bolster or how do I nurture this willingness within me, you know, um, And again, I'll just go back to like this list of, you know, another avoidance is like escape, avoid or shut down. And then the willingness part is curious, describe and explore. Well, if I just sit at home all day with my own thoughts and fill my head with the way I think the world works and the way I think things should be and how I want to to things to go, you know, I'm not dealing with reality. I'm going to find myself in a place where I'm going to, you know, want to avoid and shut down and be away from. Whereas if I'm practicing some of these other principles, you know, there'll be like an, a willingness to engage in more healthy behaviors. Hmm. I, I don't disagree with any of that. I just don't know how to make that happen before my body is ready for that to happen. <laughs> I mean, it's like I, I could have went to therapy and, you know, gotten the growth I got. I did it at 30. Maybe I could have done it at 16, but it didn't feel like I was possible then. 
that's what throws me off about this. Like, I don't feel like it was an active choice on my part at that point. Is it an active choice on a daily basis now to, you know, when I leave here, am I going to spend my day with my own thoughts or listen to an audiobook at some point that helps me explore things from a different view? I, I don't know. Is that an active choice today? Feels a little more like an active choice today than it did then, that's for sure. Well, to some degree, every moment of our lives is some miracle beyond our control, you know, because at any moment, you know, whatever, let's just say this building could fall down and fucking kill us all. Or I could drive out of this parking lot and a Mack truck costs Route 40 and shut my lights out, you know, like for the building. To yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it, to some degree, you know, all of life is beyond anything, you know, that's with. You know, that everything's outside of our control to some level or degree, but then we also somewhere in there have a line of like responsibility for what's going on. You know, I can avoid being in an accident on Route 40 if I'm not fucking texting on my phone or talking or fucking with the radio. You know, if I'm aware and paying attention, you know, if that truck starts to come my way, I can react, you know, and it's I feel like my responsibility to put myself in the best place for success, you know, and like when we... I mean, whether maybe for me, like I think my first treatment center was almost beyond my control. I don't know that I necessarily made a conscious decision to go to that treatment center at 17. It was kind of like a lawyer and I had a bunch of legal problems. They said this might keep you out of jail. So I was like, OK, I'll go. <laughs> you know. But had I done had I made different choices with the information that they gave me? the outcome might have been different because I didn't stay clean when I got out of that treatment center. Now, is that because I didn't go in there with a willingness to stay clean or because I didn't do the work that was required to stay clean? I'm not, I don't know. I don't know that there's a right answer. Maybe it's a little bit of both. Mm. <laughs> you know? Like, This is really a confusing spiritual principle if you ask me. Do you think, so from they your description, are, really. like some may say like, like if they had your if they were you you know like I don't, maybe you say this like do you think like god like lightning that willingness into your brain like i don't know completely about god um i feel like you know from my understanding of the universe things happen right when they're supposed to and they can't happen otherwise and I, from there i just don't know that willingness is a thing like i i don't know that i completely buy into the concept at all it's like I do what I can do when I can do it. I've heard the idea when you know better, you do better. But I, I think it's even beyond that. It's just like when you can do better, you do better. Like nobody, I don't think anybody does worse on purpose. And that's why I don't think that willingness really is useful for me in the way I understand it. So something like, and I'm just going to use because it's a struggle for me, is like exercising, getting up in the morning, going to the gym and exercising like that is a struggle you know but somewhere along the way every morning like i have that i mean i don't know about you but i go in the morning and every morning i wake up and i'm like ah fuck i'm just gonna sleep in <laughs> like i'm just today i'll skip today it'll be fine it's not a big deal i went yesterday or i'll go tomorrow whatever those excuses start and then you know i don't know where it's not a conscious you know, oh, I'm going to willingness all of a sudden, but it's like, I go, nope, get up. We're doing this. This is what we do. Let's fucking get moving. And then I get up and I get moving. And to me, like that's willingness in action. Mm -hmm. I don't know where that comes from. I Now 
I, I mean, I know where sort of where it comes from now is I've been doing that long enough where I recognize the pattern and the routine. So when those thoughts kick in in the morning, that fucking self, you know, talk myself out of it. And I don't want to do this. Like now it's almost laughable to myself. You know what I mean? Like now you're going to get the fuck up and you're going to go because that's what we do now. That's just who, you know, it's part of our routine. Are there days you haven't gone? Yes. What was the difference? Were you less willing on those days or did you just not need the gym that day? <laughs> so I've actually tried to pay attention to that. And most of the time what it is is I can provide myself more excuses on the day that I don't go. For example, if I like, oh, I didn't sleep well last night. I was up till 1130. You know, I get up at five. So I'm like, oh, I was up till 1130. Uh, you know, that's not enough sleep. Like that's not a healthy amount of sleep to get. So it's okay for me to sleep another hour so that I get my seven to eight. It's good for my brain. <laughs> you know, that kind of shit. So would willingness be having less excuses not to? <laughs> like I, uh, I, In that example, maybe. I mean, there's days that's happened and I still get up and go. Yeah. Know, where I still just, talk myself into it. How do we, I don't know. I don't know how you make more of that. I don't know any way I can tell people that are listening to this podcast, oh, well, if you want to avoid the days you don't go to the gym, whether you go to sleep at 1130 at night and don't get enough sleep or not, you do this and that will make it easier for you to have that willingness the next day. Like, oh, well, I reinforce all the ideas on why I do it and what I do. That's what helps me overcome those things. You know, it's like. The old, you know, Native American fable of like, we all have the two dogs and which one do mm -hmm. I feed the good dog or the bad dog? That's that decision every morning. Which dog am I going to feed today? The good dog or the bad dog? You know, and I, again, I, the, the willingness is like, nope, I'm going to get up and feed the good dog. That's because that's what I need to do. <laughs> it's sounding like willingness is more a process than like the lightning strike that I was uh, leaning towards earlier so it's willingness is something that is the result of a process and so thinking about that in my own life the year before i quit drinking there were many small events that in a process that made me willing at the end of the year you know to be like all right cool i'm gonna go to rehab you know so maybe willingness isn't like a sudden thing you can summon but it's something you have to build toward does that make it more like a spiritual principle I don't know. Well, Willing, this is two dogs. Yeah. <laughs> well, like you had said, you know, and, and this is the way I look at most spiritual principles is they do take practice. And they're for me, at least, I believe they're not natural most of the time. They're they're they don't they're not self-serving enough for me. Like my will is to be self-serving, but it's just like honesty. Like I practice honesty. I don't always want to be honest. You know what I mean? When the person gives me too much change in the store, the decision to keep the money or give it back, you know what I mean? Like the, the decision to keep the money is what is fucking first and foremost in my head every time. Money. The decision to give it back is me practicing honesty. That doesn't mean I'm not honest because I think about keeping the money. You know what I mean? And, and so for me, willingness is more like that. Like, it's not that I have a doubt or that I don't want to do something. It's what do I do when that doubt or that thing occurs? You know, do I decide to practice that principle of willingness? Do I decide to put aside my apprehension, my lack of trust in the process, my lack of desire to do it and just fucking do it anyway? Huh. 
I guess what I heard was it's almost like practicing honesty and open-mindedness builds willingness. Oh, I would agree with that. I mean, you got to trust in what you're doing or you won't have willingness. I don't know, though. I'm still, like, really questioning it. Like, so you get up every morning and you're feeding this, quote-unquote, good dog. And you get to the gym. But we don't have any scientific way to measure. Like, if we could go and look at what you would gain from going to the gym that day versus what you would gain from maybe taking that day off and getting the extra sleep, right? We don't know which one outweighs the other. So you call it the willingness because you're feeding the quote unquote good dog. But like, we don't even know that you could just be like beating yourself into doing something that's more harmful for you than getting the good sleep. So I don't know, like to me, that's not necessarily willingness. That's like, you convincing yourself that one thing is better than the other and doing it. I, I don't know that that's necessarily a positive. Nobody says the outcome of that is better for you. Well, it's not about the outcome. That's what we said that earlier. Like my willingness doesn't come from knowing that there's going to be a positive outcome. Maybe I get to the end and realize I'm a fucking idiot and I have a heart attack earlier than I should have because my heart only beats so many times in a lifetime and I waste it. I've heard that concept. I've heard your heart only beats so many times in a lifetime and then you die. And that it's, you know, so if you do too much strenuous stuff, you actually cut your life shorter. I don't know how true that is. It's just some one of those weird fucking random things I heard so I somewhere. Definitely stay on opiates. On a Snapple cap or something. You know? like, <laughs> I'm wondering how that applies to like... Right. Some uh, unfactual fact that I heard. <laughs> if I lay on a calm beach doing heroin and slow my heart down, I'll live longer. But, I mean, and that, again, that's not... <laughs> The point, I can have willingness to do horrible things. I can have a willingness to continue to be a drug addict. That doesn't mean I don't have willingness. I mean, it takes a tremendous amount of desire to keep using drugs when you have no money, no fucking resources. You know what I mean? Like, that takes a drive and a willingness to live that lifestyle. It's not fucking easy. It's hard. It's very difficult. So we don't need to cultivate willingness. It's already there. Well, we can sort of cultivate where we place our willingness or what things we want to how we want to practice our willingness what about the idea of no matter what as an as a concept of willingness like is that what that means no matter what we won't use again is that willingness is that an aa na expression yeah okay well i mean i'll just say i don't necessarily agree with a no matter what concept i think that's kind of silly but I mean, I get it. I understand why people say it, but I'm like, I'm not there. I'm on the, uh, maybe for today, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I was walking around Key West and they were yeah. selling joints. <laughs> they were selling joints at a little stand oh. on the sidewalk. I was yeah. like, is it legal here? I have no, I, I don't know. I'm trying to look it up and shit. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't buy a joint. That's just too fucking weird. And I don't even want the whole joint. But if I happen to be standing around and people are smoking something and they pass it to me, I'm going to hit it twice. We'll <laughs> yeah. see what happens. We'll yeah. see if it, what it does to me. It's a science experiment. I don't know. I had convinced myself that. Now, yeah. nobody was standing around in groups passing it to me, obviously, so I didn't. But I was there. I was like, fuck it. Let's see what happens. I don't know. But that's willingness. You had willingness. I had willingness to take <laughs> right. a, two hits. <laughs> so there you go. So was that a conscious choice or could you have done anything any different? I don't feel like I could do anything any different. You were feeding that bad dog. Yeah. Once so someone would have handed it to you, you would have just. 
What if I no discovered... No control whatsoever. You would have had Maybe. no power to make anything. I mean, look, I might have come home doing fentanyl and heroin every day. Or I might have discovered that, damn, two hits of weed, if I could find a way to only do two hits of weed, is great yeah. for me. Right. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know if I can do only two hits of weed. I have no clue. But I, I was curious. I'm like, what? I don't fucking know. I don't want to judge and bash the people who are out there smoking weed as a means of medical marijuana usage and, and say that that's all bullshit. Like, how do I know? I have no clue. I don't know. I don't either. I wouldn't yeah. bash them either. I know it wouldn't be good for me. Yeah. Do you? At this stage, I'm pretty sure, like, if I had, like, you know, a little bit of marijuana or a drink, I would... You know, it's because I've had like drunk dreams. And once I break that seal in a drunk dream, I go crazy. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that would happen in real life too. Really? Because I've yeah. had dreams that like I can fly or that I can't punch. And that's definitely not what happens in real life. Well, I think I... most decisions. We... <laughs> okay. Just saying. Yeah. Most decisions we make in life though, we can only make with the amount of evidence that we have in front of us. You know what I mean? Like you had made a decision to put yourself back in school and do all that stuff, knowing in the beginning that you might not even be able to get a fucking license, you know, but you had a willingness to do that, even though you didn't know what the outcome was going to be. You had no idea. Could have, you could have done all that work and they'd have been sorry. You can't have a license in the state of Maryland. Good luck with your fucking degree. It doesn't feel like willingness though. It didn't feel like it. It felt like I could no longer go down the path I was going. It was, I'm like, I am fucking miserable in construction. This is not working. I got to do something else. Right. But when this they, feels like it calls to me. Uh, when they it. gave you the information that this might not turn out the way you want it to or expect it to, you made a decision somewhere <laughs> in there to move forward along. I mean, you didn't say, all right, well, I'm going to go to school for something else. I'm going to go, I'm going to change my career path because. This social work thing might not work out. Would you call willingness? I call the opposite of the chart. I was in avoidance. I was like, yeah, <laughs> this shit won't happen to me. I'll be fine. <laughs> I'll deal with that later. Yeah. I, I mean, that's what it felt like more. I was like, oh, that's scary, but I'm just not going to think about it. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. How do you quantify willingness or, or actually, I don't know. More and more we talk about it, the more I'm like, this is total bullshit. <laughs> This episode has been brought to you in part by Voices of Hope, Inc., a nonprofit recovery organization made up of people in recovery, family members, and allies. Together, members strive to protect the dignity of those that use drugs and those in recovery by advocating for treatment, harm reduction and support resources, and mentoring. Please visit us at www.voicesofhopemaryland.org and consider donating to our calls. So here's another quote that I found. Willingness is vital because it allows us to get a grip on the fact that before change can occur, we have to give our permission. So they were looking at willingness as the idea of giving permission for change to exist. Sounds fancy as fuck. Yeah. Sure. I can't argue with that. I, mean, I don't know if it tells the whole story, but. Yeah. Can you say that in like an Indian accent? Then it'll sound like, like a guru said it and it'll definitely be true. <laughs> like, try to rearrange the verbs and nouns <laughs> right. so I can sound like Yoda. <laughs> Vital willingnesses <laughs> allows us to get a grip on facts before change can occur, it does. <laughs> you know, another thing, uh, just to 
ease our brains for a second because this one is hurting. Um, if someone approached <laughs> you with a check in your name for $1 million and asked if you were willing to accept it and you said yes, does that make you willing? No. Why? Because you already want a million dollars. <laughs> Willingness isn't doing or accepting things that you would gleefully want to do or accept anyway. Willingness is doing and accepting things you don't want to do or accept. This right. fucked me all up. I, but I disagree with that, too. So I can never be willing to do something that I'm interested in? That's ridiculous. So willing only works when you don't want to do it. And that doesn't, sounds like total bullshit to me. I am willing to do the practices I do for my recovery and to stay healthy because I want to. I want to grow. I want to listen to audiobooks. I want to journal. I want to reflect on myself. I want to do this podcast and grow. Does that mean I'm not willing to do yeah, but these you things? haven't always wanted to do those things. No, and I didn't do them when I didn't want to. <laughs> right. Hmm. But there are things that you've done in your life that have helped you cultivate wanting those things. You know what I mean? Like there's way that like I like to do harder challenging things. I think that's a value that I've learned over time is useful and helpful. And so like, you know, I'll say, oh, I have a commitment, you know, on this day to well that's not anymore, but you know, Thursday to go to the home group. And I don't want to fucking work and I'm tired and I want to go home and I don't feel like doing this. <sighs> but I said I was gonna do it. I'm a person that has integrity today. And so I get up and go. Like to me that's that's the willing. That's practicing willingness. When I don't want to do something, I get up and do it anyway. I try to make a value judgment what are my morals and values? And then base my decision off of that, not what I feel like doing in the moment. Because I don't trust what I feel like doing a lot of times. I don't always feel like doing what's good for me. I agree, but I think there's a limit. So within some context, I am able to force myself to do things I don't want to do. But there's a line where it's like, even though I know this other thing is good for me, I... I just don't have the ability to force it. And so that's where I say I call bullshit on willingness. Because if there was a willingness thing, I would just be able to willing and able to force myself to do all these things I don't want to do. But well, since I mean, there's a line in the sand of like what I'm capable of making myself do, I'm like, yeah, that's totally not me choosing willingness. That's totally my body has an acceptable limit of what it's <laughs> going to do to be healthy. That's like the concept of honesty. I mean, you're, you can be an honest person and still lie. You know what I mean? I think of that episode. You had talked about a situation where you lied. I think it was to your daughter or something like that. Like, mm -hmm. that wasn't like now. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it does. Do you, like, does that make you a totally dishonest? Are you not practicing honesty in your life because you lied this one time? Like, and I think willingness falls into that category. Like, just because I am unwilling one time or unwilling occasionally does not mean um, now that I have no control over my willingness. Well, I, I don't think that. I think it's more the idea that I can't say it's willingness and take credit for something I did when I can't actually do it, right? So if I, okay, I've been meditating every day, right? I'm willing to do that. So we're saying... On the days I don't feel like meditating, I'm practicing willingness. On the days I want to practice the meditation and I'm excited for it, I'm all of a sudden not willing, even though I'm doing the same behavior, because it's not willingness if I actually want to. But then 
you know, I would like to eat healthier. I eat decently healthy, but I would like to eat healthier. And I don't find myself able to do that. So how can I say, oh, well, I'm willing with the meditation and take total credit. But then in the area of food, that's just out of my control. Yeah, so I guess the the (laughs) difference here, I think you're speaking in like these absolute terms when I hear like the willing, like, so the thing about willingness is only applies when it's something we don't want to do. I think that's more like I don't hear that as like this absolute, like that's the only time of willingness. That's That's more of a. Well, I don't know who the fuck wrote that. They might be stupid. But it's it's, for me, when I hear that, what I mean is if I do something because I want to do it, like that doesn't mean like, yeah, I'm willing. Well, of course, we're all willing to do what we want to do. That wouldn't necessarily fit under the idea of willingness. The same action can be considered willingness when I do it and I don't want to do it. Like then I'm practicing willingness. You know, it's not it's like a descriptive term more than it's like a absolute theoretical. T- I don't know if that's making sense, but you know what I mean? Like if I decide, oh, I, you know, love doing the podcast. So I show up here every Sunday. I wouldn't say well, I'm practicing willingness, you know, but if I don't want to show up one week and I go, oh man, this is a commitment that I made. And you know, yeah, I'm, I'm willing. I'm, you know, then I'm practicing willingness. Like it's, it's more of a descriptive term than this hard, absolute concept. I mean, I guess for me, these, that's what spiritual principles are like honesty. There isn't a right, absolute honesty. As we talked about with honesty, there are situations where not telling the truth might still be the best course of action for whatever reasons we had talked about but that doesn't necessarily mean you know i'm not practicing honesty in my life in a more general way and i guess this con the concept of this principle of willingness is the same for me it's like am i willing to am i do i have the ability to push through and do the hard things that i think are right for me that i think are healthy good wise decisions for me you know even when I don't want to. Okay. Eating and food for me is terrible. You know, I'm not always will. Sometimes fucking cheeseburgers and McDonald's and the laziness of that comes way easier than eating a salad. You just called <laughs> yourself lazy. So you're, yeah. you're judging yourself about your level of willingness. Yes. <laughs> okay. Have we for ever sure. judged others for their lack of willingness to be in recovery when they continue to use or don't find the ability to work the steps or don't find the ability to do all the suggestions we say they need to do to stay. Have I for sure? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) so let me go with your example, right? You want to show up here most weeks to record the podcast. Some weeks you're not feeling it so much. Maybe you're tired, whatever. So you have to practice willingness in those moments. If you were in a car accident on Friday night that left you in the hospital or paralyzed, and you literally physically couldn't show up here, does that mean you're not practicing willingness to live up to your commitment? I mean, I think we'd all agree, no, right? There's no ability. So what's the difference between that and some other physical thing going on inside our body, some other chemical reaction, some other whatever the hell goes on inside of us in our nervous systems? Maybe we're in some survival response and feel too much anxiety or depression to go and fulfill our commitment. Why do we consider that to be unwilling? But if somebody's, you know, in a hospital recovering from a terrible car accident, that's not unwilling. 
Like we're judging people as being but unwilling. But you're describing an extreme situation that I don't think is the way most people's daily life goes. I, I don't but I do. think. I think we yeah. operate on this system of like we do what we're capable of. Right. And I think we oh, judge no. others. I totally disagree. <laughs> well, I think we judge others saying they're unwilling in situations where it's no different internally for them than the external view oh, if we no. could see him with a broken leg or something. Yeah, I think when I go to work, there's not when I decide I'm going to skip a task or decide I'm going to push a job off till tomorrow. That is not. Like, that is all I could do that day is not do what the fuck I was supposed to do. I had no other course of action. That, that was it? I can't believe that that's the way that I function. So you just suck. At times, I make bad choices that I am 100% responsible for. Now, if I have a anxiety disorder or a neurological condition or one of those issues, like if I had a fucking anxiety panic attack at work and couldn't do my job that day, 100% different. But if I just decide that I want to sit there and watch YouTube fucking videos and not complete the job that's in front of me, those are very different situations. So your example is true. I just don't think that's the way that every situation and every occurrence works in our life. Like so, every choice okay. that I have in my life is not my only possible choice. All right. Well, think this through, though. We can say... This person is supposed to run on a certain day. <clears throat> now, it could be the the anxiety attack level of physical ailment where they're in the tragic car accident, right? It could be they fell down the steps and broke their leg. It could be they twisted their ankle really bad walking and, like, stepped in a hole, right? It could be they got turf toe. I don't even know what turf toe is, <laughs> yeah, but I don't the need football that. players get it. American <laughs> right. football players. It could be a hangnail in their foot. There could be a lot of smaller physical reasons why they can't run or perform that day or live up to their commitment. So why in the level of like our, our mental health, are you only willing to accept that it's these drastic, you know, huge tragic car crash examples, but there's not also tons of minor ones along the way that also limit our ability to perform. When it's, when it's a physical ailment, you're willing to accept that there's a variety and a spectrum of different things that could cause somebody not well, to be willing. at some level of life, people have to make conscious choices to overcome adversity. I Do mean, they? you can't just look at every minor tragedy and just be like, oh, this, yes, yes. The idea, so one of the concepts, and I didn't read it, but one of these concepts that's newer age or newer that people are pushing a lot, it's like the cold shower theory. Or the sweat lodge theory. It's like we should push ourselves to these extreme situations so that when these difficult decisions come up in our lives, we have the tools and ability and the, the fortitude, if you want to call it that, to do something different. But we have to, at some level, accept responsibility for our choices and our actions in order to proceed to be able to move forward and do something different. If all we ever want to do is be like, well, this is the best I can do because that's it, then we stay stuck. We don't give ourselves the ability to move forward and progress and overcome challenges. You know? Which is kind of fascinating because I operate from a, all I do is the best I can and I don't do what I'm not capable of. And I feel like I grow and push and learn through challenges exactly the way you just said wouldn't happen. But that may, would mean you never do something you don't want to do. I do what I'm capable of. 
but I can't force my body to be somewhere it's not. And you're saying that. So you like, want to show up at every sporting event that your kids have that you go to. You want to show up at every class that you were going through through college or every therapy appointment that you have. You're like, yes, this is exactly what I want to do in this moment. No, I'm not saying it's always what I want to, but it's what I'm able to. There's times. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of times I'm faced with the choice of what I want versus what I don't. And there's times I am able to choose what I think will work out best for me for the results I want, even though it's what I don't want to do now. But there's also plenty of stuff that I am not capable of doing that I really would like to. I just don't feel able. It's it's interesting you said we have to push ourselves to these extremes through like sweat lodges and cold showers. What if that's the story we give that it's pushing ourselves to these extremes, but what's really happening is a depressed person whose nervous system is really low benefits from a cold shower because it excites the nervous system. And what if an anxious person benefits a lot from the sweat lodge that really slows down the nervous system and puts it into a lower place? What if it has nothing to do with extremes, but it's just changing that internal landscape in order for them to feel more able to be regulated and able to do things in their life? What if it's not about pushing to extremes at all? Well, that, I guess, would mean the only people that would get benefits from those things are people that suffer with those disorders. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know that that's exactly what work. I was just proposing an alternate theory that I think. Oh, yeah, they a, don't understand why these things. It's work, a lot or, of stuff in our body. It's still very theoretical. And those are just two examples that I know of right off the top of my head. There might be other ones. I don't you know, there's there's lots of things where the, the example this lady gave on this thing was just sitting there holding your breath. Hold your breath for as long as you possibly can. She didn't mm -hmm. say why it started out. Hold your breath for as long as you possibly can with a timer. And then the next exercise was all right well now we're going to hold our breath for two minutes you're going to hold your breath for two minutes and then she gave you some things to think about why you did it and the idea was look you can wasn't necessarily whether you i shouldn't spoiler alert doesn't matter whether you <laughs> held your breath for the whole two minutes or not the idea was could you push yourself beyond a comfort level you know when given the right incentives or motivations or, or whatever like all of a sudden you could do better based on no physiological neurological difference you know just with different motivations different influences different uh ideas behind it you could actually improve something like the length of time you can hold your breath yeah but i would say that that holding your breath is physiologically changing you inside I guess what I was going for here is we can accept that people can't run for a variety a spectrum of physical ailments, right? It could be the major thing or the minor, you know, I have a hangnail on my toe, I twisted my ankle pretty bad, whatever it is, you know, I... I but see, there it becomes, so what is your motivation for running and how important do you think that it is in your life? You know, if you're running for... uh a charity run race that's raising money for kids with cancer and you got us fucking stubbed your toe into bed last night and you decide, well, fuck the stub toe, I'm going to do it. That's different than if you're just running because you feel like it's a good thing to do and you stubbed your toe. You know what I mean? That's so there's a lot of things that go into, you know, we have some uh, value judgments that we can put into overcoming these challenges and adversities. And that's what I think willingness is. It's like, what, what are our motivations? What are the reasons? What are the, the things that we're using to push through these hard challenges? And again, not to 
one's right or one's wrong. If you stubbed your toe and you're just running because you like to run and you don't want your foot to fucking hurt, but good for you. You're not as willing to run that day because the value that you place on running isn't worth the pain of the stubbed toe. I, I guess the point, though, whether whether it's, you know, the stubbed toe or pushing through it or any of that is just more we're willing to accept physical ailments on a wide spectrum of like minor to major to understand why people aren't capable of doing a certain task. And yet very quickly in a recovery atmosphere, me at times in my life have been very quick to judge and say someone's unwilling as opposed to opening my brain and saying, damn, maybe there's a whole spectrum of internal stuff going on. That's a physical ailment that I can't see. Kind of like it's easier to accept the guy with the broken leg not coming into work than it is the guy who's depressed, right? Yeah, I can't see his physical mental health stuff going on inside of him. But maybe there's a spectrum of that that also keeps people from being able to accomplish these tasks. And maybe I shouldn't just say, ah, it's because they don't have enough willingness. Fuck them. Yeah, well, that's where the judgment comes in. So I do agree. I think we have to. It's incredibly important to give people the right tools and incentives and motivations to find the willingness. Again, back to the stub toe thing. If you're just the same person can not be willing to run in one circumstance and willing to run in other circumstance with the same injured foot based off the motivations and what the importance is because you could have a broken fucking ankle and if there's a tiger chasing you you're gonna fucking run you know does that mean you are only ever physically capable of running you know what i mean like you what if i'm willing to get eaten by a tiger because it's a cool way to die uh, that would be cool. Then I pra- <laughs> practice willingness by just laying down. Soon. But you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I agree. I think this we shouldn't judge people for their willingness. I, and that's one of the things I've learned from doing this podcast is like my fucking judgments that I placed on. Oh, they don't want it. And that shit. That's ridiculous. What I the way I look at it now is if someone comes to the program and they're not getting what they need, like maybe this isn't the right tool for them. Maybe they need a different tool or some other tools or, you know, a larger, you know, there's some other things we can be doing. It's not necessarily a failure on them as an individual. I mean, maybe it is. In some cases, people just don't want to be clean. and That's different. But there's opportunity there to look at, okay, so what can we do to help these people find what they need? Maybe it's here with some other things. Maybe they need therapy and counseling and social work. Maybe this isn't the right place for them. I don't know. But we benefit by helping them to find the willingness. I mean, I think that's what a place like Voices I Hope tries to do. It's like, all right, you come in, you tell us what you're willing to do, what you want to do, and then we'll see if we can get you there. And we'll try to give you the tools to help you do that. What I hear you saying is that 12 steps might be a hammer. And sometimes we're not operating with a nail. We just want to screw <laughs> well, definitely like in NA, we like to screw, but that's beside the point. <laughs> Jenny, you've been quiet. What, I what? have been. I can't keep up with you guys, but I I love hearing the um the take on willingness. I mean, I tend to agree with like your base thinking, like that we're all doing the best we can. But Billy's got a great point too. If you're not pushed a little bit, we're not going to grow, or are we? I don't know. I got to think about this. <laughs> you know, but. You know, so it wasn't where I thought willingness was going. <laughs> yeah, so it's I. So I, I have a lot to think about. Hmm. Sorry, I've been quiet, but I just just taking it all. In. <laughs> I knew I'd be quiet on this episode, but I'm always glad to be here. 
Another quote says, people often ask, don't you have to want to enter treatment for it to work? The answer is no. You have to be willing to enter treatment. Very few people wanted to enter treatment, but we were willing to enter treatment anyway. See the difference? Willingness only applies if you never wanted to in the first place. I still don't like that idea. Yeah, I, I hear mean, what I'm they're not 100% saying, solid on that sense. idea, but I, I have known some people that said they went to treatment, you know, not because they wanted to stay clean or they came to meetings, not because they wanted to be abstinent. And that ended up happening. Um, that wasn't necessarily my story, but I have heard people say those things, mm -hmm. you know, they thought they'd come to NA and learn to manage, which I don't know why anybody would think that, but, or they went to treatment for their job or their wife. And then when they got there, you know, they decided it was a good thing i mean that's true too <laughs> this next part had to be written by an aa guy sorry <laughs> AA. how does one become willing they decide to become willing it's that simple see you can't teach willingness that makes it one of the rarest of the spiritual principles next <laughs> yeah i almost completely disagree with that part i would I mean, well, and how do you decide to yeah, become willing? That's simplistic. That's tough. I don't know. I, mean, I, I can't I, say that I agree with that. I mean, I don't know where he wrote that. I mean, yeah, some yeah, guy. might be smarter than me, but <laughs> <laughs> I can't apply willingness in that way in my life. Like it's, it just doesn't seem to fit. Yeah, the last quote that I had pulled out to talk about was "Willingness without action is fantasy," which. I don't know, man. Like, I think it talks about that in our step working guide or something. It says something like, I can make the decision to go get a bag of chips from the store, but if I don't get off my couch, then that decision was really useless or something along those, like, without the yeah, action. Yeah, I get the concept. Yeah. yeah the concept. But then what is willingness? Because to me, willingness is all about the idea of, I don't want to say it's about the idea of non-action, but it's a, it's like a thought process to become willing or, or like Jenny said, a feeling. It's not the action that goes with it. Yeah, so the, uh, and I guess in, to use the chip analogy thing, the willingness isn't the wanting of the chips. It's the, am I going to do anything about the wanting of the chips? You know what I mean? Like, all right, so I want some chips, but if I don't get off the couch, I'm not going to have chips. Those two concepts don't describe willingness. Well, willingness is, am I going to go get the chips? <laughs> am I making the decision to go do, to follow through on that idea or thought or want? I feel like from that place, willingness is like really highly based on how much effort it takes. You know, and maybe this comes into the... the social status inequality or the racial inequality or some other inequality but like there's a guy who's already got chips in his cabinet he's only got to walk 10 feet to get chips there's another guy who can get in his car and go get the chips five minutes away there's another guy who doesn't have a car and has got to ride a bicycle to get chips there's another guy who has to walk to get chips there's another guy that can't walk or, or girl and has to call somebody and hope they have friends to get them chips to come to them like there's a whole lot of inequity in the different situations there. So it's almost like uh, I could go into a meeting and be like, oh, phew, that guy's willing. He's a model 12 stepper there, but he only had to get the chips out of his fucking cabinet. Whereas like I might be judging somebody else for their lack of willingness to, to be able to work the steps, but their chips might be 10 miles off through a desert. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would agree. <laughs> it has to do with your values and 
motivations. I mean, for sure, not everybody comes into recovery with the same tools. I fucking, I 100% believe that. I mean, I, there's a guy I know that grew up in one of the poor communities in this area. Like his mom was the first one to ever shoot him up with heroin. I think that guy and me had the same fucking story coming in. Absolutely not. Like I give him like, that's an exceptional human being. I mean, I just came in and stopped fucking doing drugs. Like, that's pretty easy in my, you know, oh, maybe not. But I'm just saying, you know, on the level of, like, effort and willingness, like, he's got a fuck ton more than me to stay clean and live the life that he's living. Does he or does he just do what he's able to do? I think it's, I think for him it was, that's a tougher journey, I think. His his challenges and what he had to overcome was definitely more than mine and what and again not in the outcome i don't whether he stays clean the rest of his life it doesn't make me right because i stay clean longer like that's not the the point of me judging that willingness i'm just saying he had a lot more hurdles barriers obstacles and things to overcome and maybe his journey looks very different than mine but the level of of willingness you know is he definitely had a strong willingness to stay clean because he had a lot more to overcome than I did. I have heard absolutely nothing today that convinces me that willingness is real. <laughs> is <laughs> Not going to lie. It just sounds like a crack of shit to me. Sounds like something some guys made up to give themselves some credit for being able to do something. They just but, need a third word, you know, honest, open, and willing just to round it out. <laughs> yeah. Right. It used to be like honest, open, and motivated. <laughs> yeah. Hum. <laughs> Humble. <laughs> honest, open-minded, radical, new, and yearning. Right. Horny. We're horny. That's yeah. it. <laughs> like what? I don't know. I just I cannot fathom where, in my understanding of how the world works, which is that we do what we're capable of. How willingness fits into that. I, I don't think I did it. I don't think I created or cultivated any willingness. I don't think nothing I did spurred it on or continues to spur it on. There's still areas where I have not changed where I would like to see change. And I don't know that there's nobody has given me anything to take out of here today and say, oh, if I just keep doing this, I'll get more willing. But that doesn't mean you do don't it. have the whether I change something or not doesn't mean I have willingness to change. Sure it does. Sure you're does. looking at the outcome. I mean, because someone comes in to uh, the 12 step fellowship or any 12 step or any recovery program at all and doesn't stay clean doesn't mean they don't have a willingness to do it. Well, that, but that's if there's something I want different in my life and I don't find myself capable of doing it personally, that's me saying I want chips and not moving off the couch. There's no difference. You said the willingness was in going and being able to put the effort into getting chips. If I don't feel capable of putting the effort, yeah, but if I say so, the chip thing. If I say, "All right, I want chips," I'm going to get up and the fucking store is eighty miles away, and I want chips that bad that I'm going to drive the eighty miles. And then on the eighty miles, I get steamrolled by a fucking again tractor trailer. I still had the willingness, and I still wanted the chips. It just didn't work out the fucking way I thought it should. There's a lot of variables in life that, like you, you said, there's neurological things, and there's all kinds of sub. Yeah, but you but took action. But that's what the willingness is, is taking the action. Yeah, but there's places in my life where I want something, and I would like to be able to, and I don't feel capable of taking the action. I don't think that makes me like unwilling. It just means that I just don't feel capable of doing that thing. 
It seems beyond me at this point in my life. Will it change? Will I be able to do it in 10 years? Maybe, but I don't think yeah, there's... If, then I don't think it's willingness if you're not willing to take the action. I think it's desire. That's a different thing. Is it different? Yes. I mean, in my definition of things. Because I want something does not mean I have willingness. Willingness is putting that desire into action. And again, not based on the outcome doesn't mean I'm going to end up with it. It just means I have to have... You know, I have to be put effort towards it, start moving that way, start doing something different. Nowhere in my life have I felt like it was a personal, whether it's, you know, like this guy said, a, just a decision I made or, or some actions I took or, or, you know, some way to cultivate willingness. Nowhere in my life have I done something that previously felt undoable and thought, Oh, yeah, I'm glad I got the willingness for that finally. It, it felt like all of a sudden I was just able. It was like a universe-given power or strength to just be able to do this thing that I've never previously been able to do. I've never felt like I did something right, to Right, but you that. can cultivate that. How? By reinforcing positive values <laughs> in your life. By You know what I mean? Like, that's how you cultivate that. I don't know. I mean, we had spurts of honesty when we were using or spurts of you know humility when i was a drug addict i had spots of humility that didn't mean i was practicing humility in my life you know it's like these these principles are not these absolute things that we just do or don't do or light switches that are on or off they're like they're they're like you know exercise or whatever they're things we have to try to do and that we can hone and get better at and cultivate and grow inside of ourselves so billy's saying you are what you eat so if you i guess it goes back to those wolves you know the dogs you're you know are you gonna feed the right one and i'm saying you eat what you can I don't, I don't think there's, I don't know to me. And again, I'm not, this is not the popular opinion for sure. <laughs> I don't think we have any real say in anything. I don't take credit for shit that goes well or that I do well in life. And I don't hold myself at terrible judgmental blame for shit that doesn't like. And see, I agree. I like there, there's some level, like there's some level of both. Cause we've talked, him and I have talked about this kind of idea before. Like to me, there's some level of both. Like there's a lot of things that are way outside of my control. These subtle influences of culture and society and pressures and all the, that I have no even conscious awareness of that are formed in my head. But then there is a level of some kind of personal responsibility where I have to take ownership of the choices that I make even if they are judgments about somebody's skin color, looks, race, sex, like, yes, those things are subliminally in there in some way, but I also have to take ownership of my actions, even though I don't control that thinking, like, and I don't know where that line is, and, you know, it's it's probably not able even to be distinguishable, but I have to, at some point, for myself, make a decision that I'm going to do the best I can to overcome those things and try to not let them define who I am. So if you agree with me, reach out and 
tell us how you like my theory. Help us figure out willingness. Plug. Willingness that doesn't exist. And if you disagree with Billy, feel free to reach out and tell me, <laughs> tell me how that worked. No, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know if anybody gained anything out of this. Yeah. Some some thinking material to ponder through. Anybody but, that studies willingness. Yeah, if you know some out. shit Seriously. about willingness, please present it. I don't know that you're going to change my mind, but yeah. it's an interesting topic for sure. Um, have a good week. Did you like this episode? Share it with people you think might get something out of it. Check out the rest of our episodes at recoverysortof.com. Also, while you're there, you can find ways to link up with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, YouTube, anything. We're always looking for new ideas. Got an idea you want us to look into? Reach out to us. <laughs>